very good morning, good afternoon, and a very good evening. Whenever Sean, this is Alex, and you're listening to another episode of Coaster Coaster Kings Kings Radio. And today's episode is all about Six Flags Magic Mountain. We should talk about at least once a season, if not more. I mean, Alex, even yeah, like probably once an episode. Once an episode. Well, yeah, we go into (laughs) it. It probably comes up. (laughs) We find some reason to talk about Magic Mountain because we're passionate. (laughs) And uh, this time we're talking about Magic Mountain in the way, shape, or form of armchair imagineering the place. So, as part of season five, we have a new series, Armchair Imagineering, which is not our own term, but it's one that we like to use to kind of reference to our dreams for parks, and we kind of go through a park and reimagine what they could be doing, what could improve it. And today, we're going to be talking about a park that's so very dear to us, and that's Six Flags Magic Mountain. Um, for those that are just tuning in this season, that's where Alex and I met way back in 2016. 2016. Actually, like... It was a... It was like a seven week ago, ago, seven years ago. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. October 23rd, It was during Fright Fest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're going to dive into that, and we will take you along. I do first want to start off with recognizing that Six Flags Magic Mountain, over the last maybe decade, 15 years, has improved so much. My first visit in t- 2007, when I was on vacation... The place was kind of, honestly kind of a hot mess. I was just there, you know, as an excited young kid, all off for the roller coasters and stuff, and that was all really cool. But let's not lie, they were in deep trouble back in those days. And um, over the years, it's just been refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And having gone to the park once weekly at least for seven years straight, seeing them completely flip and turn into something so much better, I want to start off with saying that even though we're going to be maybe a little bit critical here or there about the park, Overall, the park is in a lot better shape than it was, and they've gone through almost every single area and refurbished it, and honestly, the park is in uh, in decent shape, I think. For a Six Flags Park, it's looking pretty cute. Yeah, it, it could be worse. It's certainly been worse. Like it, you, It's funny, because your first visit to Magic Mountain really shoots a gap between like my visits. I took a 12-year break from Magic Mountain, because... My 2002 visit was a tough pill to swallow, and I didn't end up going back until 2014 when I, things had already seen a huge turnaround by then. And then I went back again in 2016 for Twisted Colossus and New Revolution, and I was just like in awe of the changes that they'd been making. And um, hopefully, it's a trend that we will continue to see. If we were in charge of the park, definitely. Um, <laughs> so first of all, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of discuss some of the of the successes and, and the strengths of the park. I think as almost any major regional or even destination park these days, some of the biggest strengths are the special events. And even on Magic Mountain's doing a lot now around the year, like food festivals, all that kind of good stuff. I want to really focus on what's really big for them, and that's, of course, Fright Fest. You know, selling out... Crazy lines. This year they've had franchises. Um, they've had a Saw X maze or Saw 10 maze, Saw 10. I should say. They've had um, the Conjuring maze. So that's really awesome. And then, of course, they've got a wide selection of, of incredible mazes, in my opinion, for a regional park that kind of really do give a fair shot at competing with nearby legendary events like Not Scary Farm and, of course, Universal Studios Hollywood, Halloween Horror Nights. One of my favorite mazes is Aftermath 2, which uses the old sad cry face, Deja Vu plot. And it's the <laughs> largest outdoor maze that Magic Mountain's ever done. If not, I think it's still the largest outdoor maze in, in, in the West Coast. Um, using fire effects and all this cool stuff, and you're surrounded by Apocalypse, the wooden roller coaster. That's really cool. 
So Fight Fest overall, they've got good scare zones, they've got a lot of good mazes. The park has always done a really good job. And I think of all the Fight Fest in the chain, it's probably obviously the best one. And I like Holiday in the Park. They took a really modern edge. It's where Nuts Scary Farm, I'm sorry, Nuts Merry Farm nearby is very traditional when it comes to the themes and the lighting. And now it's kind of like a good old Christmas in the old ghost town. <laughs> Magic Mountain really took a different approach. It made it very modern, uh, amazing LED displays, one of the largest light shows on the West Coast. I just think these two events are, are very strong. And I think they really highlight the capabilities of this park in a landscape like Southern California where it's pretty much only big players. You've got SeaWorld, Disney, Knott's, Universal, Six Flags, and those five major players are always trying to one-up each other, and Magic Mountain's always been really good at keeping up, so that's something I really appreciate. And then I think the obvious strength, the key strength for Magic Mountain, of course, is the Roller Coaster Collection. Of course. We are, we are 20 coasters deep in the Roller Coaster arms race, and I think... Magic Mountain used to have this uh, vanity contest with Cedar Point. Now it's Magic Mountain against the world. Energylandia is closing in on 20 coasters. So I think once April comes around, Honey Harbor or Sweet Harbor, Sweet... Sweet Valley. Sweet Valley. Honey Harbor is one of the coasters. Sweet Valley is going to bring the park up to 21 coasters in Magic Mountain. The ball will be in their court. (laughs) I will say, though, if we're going to look at overall coaster collections, I'm still of the opinion that Magic Mountain's coaster collection is by far the best coaster collection in the world. Yeah. I know the Cedar Point fanboys go ahead and listen to our Secret Magic Mountain versus Cedar Point episode from last year, or any episodes or articles are written about that on thecoastercase.com. But like we've mentioned before, Magic Mountain's A team is perhaps not as strong as Cedar Point. The B team is just incredible. Like the overall average quality of a roller coaster at Magic Mountain, most of them use terrain. They're generally long. There's only four small roller coasters. Everything else is just massive proportions. Magic Mountain's coaster collection is one to beat. Um, Especially since like half of Energylandia's coasters are crap. Exactly. Energylandia is like knockoffs and kitty coasters. It's like literally like a couple big like boys, you know? Crapware. Um, so yeah, definitely a great coaster collection. And like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Metropon really has done a good job refreshing attractions and themed areas over the last couple of years, and that really is a good strength because um, I think one of the strongest areas in the park is the Underground, which was um, launched as part of the West Coast Racers edition. And this used to be the Cyclone Bay area, which was previously Spilligan Corners, and it was honestly probably the most dead area of any Seaflex park. It was in pretty bad shape. And um, they turned out all the way around. It's a dedication and um, to Los Angeles. They fit Apocalypse in really nicely. And, of course, West Coast Racers races all around the area. It's almost like everywhere you look is hovering over you. The sports structure is impressive. It's a nice franchise they work with. Also very Los Angeles. And uh, got some good food going on over there. They've got um, two major roller coasters, of course. They have a really great Halloween ride. And um, they just... Last week, actually, reintroduced their go-kart ride, and they added new electric vehicles that are covered in LED lights, and the new name is Circuit Breaker Grand Prix, and in the dark, it's like this awesome light-up go-kart that goes all around the roller coaster, which is nice, and um, I'm going to lump in Jetstream here with the Underground, I don't think it's officially in the Underground, but this water ride just recently got repainted, and has a new pink and green boats, so you know they've, they've been putting money into that. DC Universe got relaunched last year with Wonder Woman's Flight of Courage. 
Um, Metropolis obviously was got the new Dark Ride in 2017 mm-hmm. and redid all of Riddler, uh, completely new color scheme. And then of course the majority of One Woman's Fighter Courage is actually sticking out into that area. Um, great restaurants, they've got a pub, all that stuff. The Boardwalk came in 2018. That's connecting DC Universe and Metropolis. We'll get into that a little bit later. But everything there was was relaunched and repainted and rethemed. Um, like new shade covers over the Scrambler, audio and light effects on the gem and bumpers, making it like a musical bumper cars. Um, of course, Gold Rush is in there, which is probably the only thing that doesn't look as good anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Screen Pond District with Twisted Colossus, they did a great job with that. Everything got re- repainted there. Bugs Bunny World a year prior to that. I mean, everything, every year there has been a new area that's gotten a complete revitalization. And that's been true for almost all the years in the last decade. And so that all looks looks good, and that's definitely a strength. A couple of years ago, they announced their solar panel projects over the parking lot. Um, along with Discovery Kingdom. Discovery Kingdom in Northern California already got theirs. And then Sigvax Badge Mount is now actually, at this moment, as we're recording this, paving over the um, overflow lot, and they're adding solar panels onto that, and it should be covering the entire parking lot. If I'm not mistaken, the park wants to be completely self-powered, which is really neat, especially because it's so bright and so sunny all the time. I'm sure it's not hard to collect that sunlight. Um, And then I think the food and beverage offerings are honestly pretty... Decent for a Six Flags Park. They've got a good variety. They've got a couple of bars, beer gardens, decent variety of restaurants. Food quality is it's not as good as the rest of the Southern California parks. So I'll admit that because you've got really strong players in the food categories. But um, I've certainly had worse theme park food. Yeah, fair enough. I feel like they try. <laughs> like, relative to other Six Flags parks. Um, well, it's... Unfortunate that they are not open every day of the year anymore, and honestly, that was maybe not very well conceived. Regardless of COVID, I feel like that was. Need a park slightly well too in- far outside of LA, yeah. well, outside of the center. It was a well-intended but almost impossible task to run that park every day, especially given its size. Um, but at least it's still open every weekend, which is you know kind of how it always was, and it's probably always going to be that way now. So. Unless maybe in another 50 years they try again with the everyday operations, but probably not. Um, And then they've added uh, the wait time boards around the park, like the updates on attractions, queue times, and if the ride is operating. The digital ones are really nice. And they are. And they're all over the place. They kind of got snuck in. I feel like they just showed up one day. Well, one thing, uh, you know, ever since the management change in corporate for Six Flags, They've been doing a lot of just general park improvements, adding planters and landscaping and, you know, sneaking all these digital wait time signs all around the park. I think it looks great, and I think those are important improvements. I get that having a new roller coaster every year is a really great thing, but anyone that's been to Medjabon over the last couple decades knows that smaller things really do make a difference. Like upgrading one of the, you know, Magic Mountain restrooms is so important because Magic Mountain's restrooms are historically incredibly small, and they're dense, <laughs> and they're not very nice. Yeah. And so, like, adding, like, trough um, sinks and um, new air blower, like, little things like that that just go such a long way to, like, the overall experience. So, working on that versus, you know, if you how much money do you invest in, in a major roller coaster versus how much else can you do with that? You can probably make the park look a whole lot cuter instead of building a roller coaster. 
Um, so I kind of like small additions like that. I'm, I'm into it. Well, I think as like a pass holder, those are the things that we really notice. And like what a park does to make the overall experience just more comfortable and pleasant and desirable versus just building stuff that gets you in the door um, is really the difference, I think, between like a good park and a great park. And not just for pass holders. I think for like first-time visitors, maybe it's even more important because – you come for the very first time. You have twenty roller coasters to choose from, but they've got twenty roller coasters. They've got twenty-one roller coasters. At that point, it doesn't matter. When you show up and like you wait really long for food, or your restroom experience is absolutely awful, or it's dirty, or you know the trash cans are overflowing, that's the things that you're gonna remember. Like, oh, you know, that, those are the little things that that you're gonna judge a park by. I don't know if you know the additional roller coaster on a collection of twenty rides is what, what's going to make or break your park experience. So True. I think that's really important. If they want to have a consistent return audience, then the, the first-time visitors are the ones that need to be wowed. So points of areas of uh, potential improvement, um, opportunities for improvement, definitely, like, operations is an easy one to say, but we know it's easier said than done. And it's a very complex thing to say operations. I think our problem with operations at Magic has been like, it's been all over the map. Like, there's been times where we see Viper running with three trains. And you're like, why is Viper running three trains? This is incredible. Tattoo, three trains. You know, everything is working so amazingly. And then there's times where you get there and it's relatively busy and it's one-train operations and stuff. So it's not getting pushed out. It's been a terrible time trying to get... A Magic Mountain visit in where all the rides are actually running, or even the coaster collection is running, and stuff like that. Where I'm like, they gotta just get that together, get the staffing together. You have all the roller coasters running when you're operating for the day. I know that when you're year-round park, you're gonna have moments where stuff is out, but it's just a little bit too frequent, I think, for Magic Mountain where stuff is just, you know, I think there's almost all year long there's gonna be days where you're not really having the chance to ride everything, and while it's not really a park where you're can necessarily ride everything in one day because of how big the collection is if you're going to visit for two days it's unlikely that coasters suddenly open the next day if that makes sense yeah and then as far as the the lineup goes for the park the obvious and i will say that magic mountain historically has never really been a very flat ride strong park they've always been big whether it was coasters or transportation rides or whatever it's it tracked rides custom Rides where you go out and come back have always been Magic Mountain's strong suit. So flat rides, while they've never historically been a strong suit at Magic Mountain, I think are the future for Magic Mountain if they really want to flesh out their lineup with attractions that are going to diversify um, their lineup. Yeah, I think right now they have like about like six major Maybe seven flat rides, depending if you count the carousel or not. And some of the ones that they have are really old, and people still ride them. And I enjoy them very much. But yeah, like a refreshing new flat package, and we'll get into this a little bit more later in the episode. Um, especially, you know, this umbrella line of flat rides is really... It's awesome. Like, they have so people, many cool options, and I think that would be a very nice addition. People, people respond to flat rides. Like, the little pirate flat rides. Like So they've had that Intamin pirate ship since 1980, and the... Chance Yo-Yo either came in 1980 or right thereafter. And those rides are always... People are always riding them. Oh, yeah. And then they they're added Chris Sanity. Yeah, and then Chris Sanity. And that always is a line. It's a huge always. hit. Yeah. 
Um, sure. And the Scrambler and the bumper cars are well attended to with their little cosmetic refresh that they got when Crazanity opened. So it's not that... Because I think that there's this there's this common misconception that people who go to Magic Mountain don't care about flat rides. Or like flat rides are what you build when you can't afford a coaster or you don't have space for a coaster. And I don't think that's true. I think that as many as many roller coasters as there are in Magic Mountain, a ride like Crazanity demonstrated that flat rides absolutely have their place. And Magic Mountain is massive, but it's got plenty of spaces that could use a flat ride. They couldn't just put a coaster there. No, I agree. And I think that if you if you look at how much a flat ride package costs, like three, four, five flat rides, versus like a medium-sized coaster, it's a worthy investment in my opinion. Because if you market five new rides versus marketing one new roller coaster, I think it has similar marketing effects. And there are so many modern dark rides that I'm sorry, the flat rides that are out there that I love riding that I would absolutely love to see in, in Magic Bound. Um, and then I think another big weakness or, or, or area of improvement, rather, is that uh, Magic Mountains is not a new park by any means. Like, it's kind of an old park. It's, you know, from the regional park boom in the 70s, um, early 70s even for Magic Mountain. And so there's lots of aging infrastructure. Um, a lot of it was wood, is wood. And you can just see, I don't know if it's termites or what it is, weathering on the buildings. There's lots of... Um, old infrastructure that honestly needs to just be completely tore down or needs like a really really good refresh and um, that's I think one of the the bigger weaknesses of the park is that it's just showing its age all around you can you know update areas but just painting a building doesn't necessarily fix the problem and I think that's sometimes been an issue of magic where like they will refresh an area they'll paint a building They'll add a little bit of plywood, and it looks good for, like, maybe five years, and then it looks just like how it used to look. Yeah. I know the building is clearly showing once again that it's old, and it honestly just kind of needs to be torn down. Having said that, they did recently tear down that one restroom by the Ciclax Emporium and the Flash Pass Center, and they completely leveled it with the ground and built a whole new restroom, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. I feel like there's times where, like, the... The nature of the project, they sort of forces their hand, and they just like, okay, we have to do this. Like with some of the bathrooms, they're like, we have to fix this bathroom. Like we have no choice. But I wish they were a little more proactive on some of the major infrastructural projects instead of being reactive about them. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. fair. It's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, so now we're gonna get to my favorite part of the episode, which is we're <laughs> just gonna do a grand old lap around the park, and we're just gonna re-engineer the whole place. As we move along, and we're going to start actually outside the park, at the parking lot. Yeah. Um, first, that's where everyone's day starts. Everyone's day starts at the parking lot. So first of all, everyone has been to Magic knows that the um, parking lot's located quite a far from the actual park entrance, which isn't unusual for some theme parks, but Magic Mountains really is kind of removed. And sometimes you are parking your car all the way over by Scream's Cobra Roll. Well, that is the clear opposite of the park from the entrance, and the park is big. So you're like... They have buses running, which is a nice upgrade from the old trams. We like that. Uh, but just in general, the quality of the parking lot is pretty bad. It's just like filled with potholes. You pay a lot of money for, honestly, kind of a terrible experience. And then you walk into the California heat all the way to the entrance. That could be a big refresh. Goodness is they're currently working on that. They are repaving it. They're going to install um, solar panels, which honestly going to be really cool because your car is going to be in the shade. It'll look a lot nicer. The I think the concrete slash asphalt will be better protected from the elements. So that's definitely an improvement. 
Absolutely. And then next up, we have uh, Hurricane Harbor. <laughs> I love Hurricane Harbor. It's not the biggest or the best water park in the world, or even in Southern California, probably, but it's cute, and it has its fans, and it has a lot of potential. It doesn't have a very long season. Like, I hadn't really thought about it until we were living there for so long, but it's like, it really does... It's like for three months out of the year, it's open and it exists, but it is hopping when it's open. Maybe more like five, but yeah. More, is it more like five? I, I think mean, it's like May, June, July, August, September. Yeah, at least because they close like first week of October. So yeah, it's like five. So it runs through September? Oh yeah, it runs always through September because Fright Fest and the water park coexist for like two weeks. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, Hurricane Harbor, and you know, they've done some nice updates to Hurricane Harbor, but it's already been like, five years since they they touched it. And it would be nice for them to add something, like a new from-the-ground-up edition versus... Um, because now I'd say the slide towers that are there are all pretty solid, and I think they need to like, really expand the footprint of the I park. think the biggest thing for Hurricane Harbor is it comes out of, like, the, the late 90s when water parks were really body-slide-focused. Yes. So even though they received new slides in 2014 and 2018, if I'm not mistaken... Those are also body slides, and they are replacements of pre-existing water slides. So there hasn't really been like any new new rides since they added um, Tornado back in, I think, 03 or 05. Um, and they've been repainting some of the rides. Like they repainted Taboo Tower slides, and they've repainted um, the Big Family Raft ride along the way. And they've also repainted um, the few raft slides they have to near the front of the park. But overall, just the lineup in general feels a little outdated. I think uh, a major nice new slide tower somewhere along along the park's perimeter will be a nice touch. Is that really needed for marketing purposes? Maybe not. I don't know if the park would benefit from it financially a whole lot. I think the park just kind of does well I think if as they it build, does. But it would be nice to have something more modern in, in the lineup, honestly. If they built something that was like really visible from the five, I think that could make or break the like return on investment for a slide tower. Yeah. Like building a slide tower from the ground. Like if it was something that really was large and noticeable, um, of course I don't really know. It's, they're not, they don't have the, the most space to work with as far as expanding. I guess they could expand into the parking lot, which is what other six flags water parks have done. Fiesta, Texas, great America, great adventure. Like, well, it's funny you mention that because great America, circus, great America in Chicago is one of the nicest Turk and harbors. And they have, so many modern slide towers. Oh, uh, yeah. They built that amazing-looking water coaster. Oh, yeah. Right a good, around oh, God, A good water Max coaster Forest. would be for them. Oh, my God. I don't know. Sure. That water coaster that they got for in 2020 or 2021, I forget what year it was built, but it was... 21, I think. It was um, new when we went, so I get... Yeah, 21. Um, I, Magic Mountain deserves a water attra- a water slide attraction that's imp- as impressive as that. I feel like having a water coaster that kind of goes around Hurricane Harbor Los Angeles would be so nice. I mean, that would be really cool. But even if it was just a clone of what Great America got, something that's tall and flashy, and if they could like position it right in front of the park, like so that it would be really super visible from the highway, yeah. like would make all the difference. I think so too. It'd be nice. In my humble opinion. Um, and so now let's head into the park. Park entrance itself, it's fine. It's honestly kind of classic, so I don't really think we should touch it. It's it so funny really good. the way that like it makes a question mark. Like this was such a a choice when they developed it, where like you would enter the ent- the ticketing plaza and then you go left for the park and then you'd go to the right for like Mystic Lake. 
which and, now is <laughs> which Urban is now Harbor. Hurricane Harbor. So it's always been kind of nicely laid out with the two gates, um, even though it, it does create kind of a weird traffic flow when you enter Magic Mountain. Because you hang that hard left, and then you go right, and then, especially back when the park first opened, if you were continuing down the midway, you took another right. It made like a perfect question mark shape, where you would continue down the midway. Now it's a loop, and you can go left or right. But before, it was like, unless you were going to the carousel or the funicular, you needed to hang a hard right after you took a hard right from the ticket booths. Right. Um, the one thing that I want them to do in this area, I think, is repaint and make all of the buildings match each other again. I hate that the Flash Pass booth is like has the same like stucco stucco in but it's color infrastructure, yeah. but it's got that horrible paint job. Like just paint everything the same. Like make it all match. It's not asking a lot. I think our biggest thing about the entrances is that usually when you enter a theme park, it just the entrance is like a main streety kind of vibe. We got all these restaurants, almost so much going on. Even though Magic Mountain has a staple like two big gift stores. It has, you know, um, the ice cream slash milkshake place. It has the funnel cake shop and then the picnic pavilion and the guest services area. It all just feels kind of, I don't know, it doesn't feel very inviting to me. It just kind of feels matter of fact like it's there. And I think that if they were to redo the whole entrance plaza and add some more food and beverage locations, maybe like another coffee shop, because currently they have that cyber cafe, which is kind of nice next to the Valencia Falls Fountain. I think overall that could use maybe a little bit more of like maybe like a bakery, like a breakfast place, so you can enter the park and have like breakfast. Maybe it's very European of me to want that, <laughs> but um, I just think that it doesn't. It's not as inviting. Like Magic Bond, once once you make that turn and you and you face Tatsu and Valencia Falls and Revolutions, iconic, absolutely iconic. But I think that the area itself kind of lacks some substance. It's kind of old. Um, it doesn't really feel like a place to want to hang out, but it really could be. It could be a place where, like, you hang out or, like, you know, your kids go into the park and you hang out there because you don't like to ride roller coasters. You know, kind of that vibe. It just needs some polish. It needs some polish. It, it doesn't really need much beyond that. It's, like, everything that's there is great. It's not like it's not like this is – this isn't an area that's, like, begging for a new ride like some of these areas are. What I really think they should do is they have the Looney Tunes Superstore and they also have Cigars Emporium. Both are massive – Stores. In fact, Silkers Emporium is the largest gift store in the Six Flags chain. I think that they should just cut the Looney Tunes Superstore and use that building to do something else with it. Maybe make it like a big restaurant. Maybe you know, maybe do something with it. Um, that would be kind of nice, in my opinion. Like have something and something of more substance at the entrance. But yeah, I think I I think of all of the areas. Maybe not of all of the areas, but as far as. As far as areas go in Magic Mountain, it's it still makes a decent first impression. It's an amazing first impression. I think if you've never been there before and you see like Tatsu and Revolution and, and the, if the fact that you're working and yeah, stuff like that, um, and we do want to talk about Full Throttle, but we're going in the other direction. So we're, we're going to start with Baja Ridge. Start with Baja Ridge, which so there's some like dispute over what area of Revolution is located in. Um, I think you're right. It, 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 there have been times where it was absolutely, without a doubt, in Baja Ridge. When it opened, it was in Baja Ridge because the entrance to the ride was on top of the mountain. Oh, when it opened? No, actually, when it opened, Baja Ridge didn't exist. It opened in 76. There Wherever was, the entrance was. There was no. The entrance is where it is now. The entrance has moved twice. Uh, anyway, there was definitely a point where it was definitely Baja Ridge. The current, yes, and that was when Baja Ridge was first built, and they needed to thread more traffic up there because they didn't have a ride. 
they had not yet moved the Tilta Whirl into the little semicircle. Yeah. Because the Tilta Whirl went in there for a few years in the 80s, and then in 1989, they built the Condor there for exactly one year. Um, and during that period of time, Revolution had its entrance there. And then sometime between Viper being added and X being added, Revolution's entrance had permanently... But by the time I went in 1998, Revolution's entrance had permanently moved back down to the Carousel Plaza. It's just a better entrance anyway because yeah. it had and that's the, original the waterfalls entrance. underneath the bridge. But at one point in the 80s, like it wasn't the entrance. Like If you wanted right. to enter the ride, that, was it. that wasn't it. You had to go all the way up the Baja Ridge walkway and then go and to into where that, that what is now the X2 yeah. entrance rotunda. Um but as you pointed out, that's the accessible entrance, that's the flash pass entrance. And then also on, on the Baja Ridge area, there's the little staircase down to the single rider entrance. So yeah. like, there's a lot of, of the four and, entrances, and that's there's the three of there. Exits. That's why when you exit the ride, you can either go down to the carousel or up to Tatsu, uh, if you kept going. And that's like, life hack, if you're at Magic Mountain and trying to get to Tatsu before anyone else... You go up to Revolution, you go towards Revolution, go up the exit on one side and out the other exit, and you're already past Baja Ridge in the I know, you saved yourself forest the walk. thick yeah. of, of Revolution infrastructure, and you're right there at the doorstep of Rapids Camp. Um, <clears throat> the number one thing that Baja Ridge needs is, like, a flat ride. There was a period of time where they had the little, like, apple worm kitty ride in the rotunda. This was very short-lived, but I distinctly recall them having a little kitty flat ride there, and it seemed like a nice fit, because not only does Magic Mountain not have a lot of diversity when it comes to rides, but sometimes there's just huge physical gaps between rides, and like... Even, yeah, the park is so massive. Even though they're in the same area, like Viper and X2 are physically very far from each other, and they're also physically very far from the next two nearest rides, which are Revolution and like the carousel and rapids. So there really needs to like, they really need to fill in not just like the roster gaps, but the physical gaps between rides. So adding a kitty ride, especially something really on the gentler end of the spectrum, um, would, would I think do Baja Ridge a lot of good. And so of course there's a bit of a space issue at Baja Ridge because it is located on the hill and you have that restaurant there, which I don't think having removing the restaurant is the answer. Because otherwise, you know, the the restaurant spacing at Magic Mountain, I must admit, is actually pretty good. Every area has a major fast food um, outlet, except for DC Universe. Now we'll get into that a little bit later. But all things considered, I think keeping the restaurant there is good. But I think that the area could use something. There's something small, something on the side. Maybe like if you walk over to X2, there's there's some land um, that could definitely be a good spot for having a another flat ride. And then... I think Viper itself is is what almost needs to get like a new revolution treatment. I think Viper could really benefit of a, of a repaint and some of these Vacoma MK1212 vest restraint trains because the ride itself is awesome. Obviously, we love Viper. That's not a secret. They put a lot of money into Viper a couple of years ago to completely reprogram the ride um, computer system. And they updated some of the catwalks with all new uh, electrical boxes and brakes and stuff. So all things considered, they've been putting a lot of money into Viper in recent years. And I don't think Viper is going to go anywhere in the near future. Even though everyone keeps saying it's going to be removed for a new ride. Um, I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. There's a lot of other space they could put something. 
And I think they're gonna keep wanna keep building on that on that roller coaster record. And so a great way to give Fiber around is to add those new trains, repaint it. Um, there's a lots of companies, including Vacoma, SNS, and um, the Belgian company who redid Python, uh, that could really enhance some of the track. If there's track that needs to be fixed, um, to be replaced. I think they could do what they did with Blue Hawk at Six over Georgia and really breathe some new life into it. I don't know what they can. Maybe they can call it anything. They could do so much with it. Maybe even Vibora. I don't know. There's so much they can do with it. But I think that Viper um, is one of the big things in the area that, that could use some attention for sure. Yeah. Oh, and you reminded me when you talked about New Revolution. Now that they've kind of given up on the New Revolution and now it's back to Classic Revolution, I want them to, just like with the Flash Pass area, I wish they would just repaint everything in that front area of Magic Mountain back to the original colors. I guess that's my other argument. Revolution wide again? My other, rev- well, no, I mean the buildings. Like the oh, okay. Re- that's my other argument for Revolution being in Six Flags Plaza, is that that lower entrance that had, like, the bridge and stuff and the original, like, Revolution logo painted on the side, that was using the same colors and the same font as, like, everything in the entrance plaza, including, like, the lockers, which is still, to this day, the locker building has the well, original yeah, paint and, job. Um, and obviously, and the majority letters. of the right... Is all around Six Flags Plaza, and it has the like the Great American Carousel that has that American theme. So, yeah. all this considered, the New Revolution or Classic Revolution Revolution is more Six Flags Plaza American theme. I want that associated the, the with blue and red paint uh-huh. on the. I wish they would just repaint it back to the original colors and repaint the old logo back on the little entrance plaza there. Maybe that's asking too much, but. I just miss the way that it used to look. Now it seems kind of weird and random, but that's that's God, that's Six Flags for you. Okay, back to Baja Ridge proper um, bathrooms. I love the suggestion. None. Yeah, they've got the new bathrooms right at the carousel, and then the, the shady restrooms up in Rapids Camp Crossing. But that's quite the distance. There isn't anything in between. Like if you're say for example you're at X two right, and you say, "Oh my God, that was crazy! I gotta go use the restroom." Okay, that's really cute, but like the closest restroom is a good five to ten minute walk. Yeah, you really. Like, you're there's either not a restroom to, close to X two. Yeah, you've got a, and it's true. And I never really thought about it, but yeah, it's like you've got quite the walk for that major intersection of the main arteries converging at X 2s entrance. You would think that that area where three midways meet um, would have a bathroom. It sounds like the Silver City effect. We're like. A lot of rides over the city had like four marquees because like, they're so far outside of the main loop. Yeah. That's kind of what X2 was like too. Like you have your first X2 marquee is located in the plaza with the big – Yeah. With, was, the, with the arrow. The plaza that had been built for Revolution's new entrance. Yeah. And then X2 you have to go to the X2 gates, which they can just close because it's so far from the actual ride. Right. And then you go over the bridge and then you go all the way to the actual X2 queue yeah. entrance, which has another X2 yeah. marquee. And then you walk that whole queue to and the then actual you get station, to the station building. That has the so like, marquee also. X2 is like, yeah, exactly. So there's like four signs that indicate you're on your way to X2 until you actually get there. And so not having a restroom anywhere near that, X2 is not close to a restroom. And I, like, if there's any roller coaster that's going to make you like need to go to the bathroom after, like, X2 is definitely one of them. Yeah, X2 is wild. Like, Tatsu has bathrooms right at the exit. And of course, X2 is like the big boy, like the. One of America's most legendary roller coasters, and um, like even if the bathroom was all the way in there, like in the X two Plaza, that would be fine. I think it would be more useful for it to be closer to Viper, so that it's more convenient to the like, central, the yeah. central to the main midway. But like, 
anywhere would That's be funny, fine. because I feel like they could build a restroom where they have the old mission building where they had the chupacabra maze for a little bit. Yeah. That could be a restroom. That could be a flat ride. That could be a lot. That little yeah. plot. Um, and then, speaking of X2, I think that X2 itself, uh, repaint-wise, it doesn't really need one because they, they went with such an expensive paint option in yeah. 2007. She looks that good. That it's, God, 15, 16 years later and she still looks great. Um, but I do think that uh, X2 special effects are really inconsistent. First of all, the fog hasn't worked in years. The fire is on and off. The onboard audio, I feel like, is it's not really working anymore at all. Like, there was a window where it was kind of on and off, but I feel like it's never on anymore. I think bringing back the X2 station audio and bringing back the onboard audio and making the fire more consistent would be a nice touch for X2. I don't know if they're ever considering doing an X3. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it really needs it, but um, a, little bit of, a little bit of love for X2 would be good. The name is so iconic. X2 is iconic. Now. There's more iconic than X1. Yeah, there's no need, really, to change the name other than if they really just felt like they wanted to. But, like, of all the things that X2 needs, I think maybe a name change might be at the bottom of the list. But um, moving on, moving up, continuing upward on the long, laborious walk, the climb up Magic Mountain. We're at Rapids Camp Crossing. You have river camp crossings right in here. Oh, yeah, I mean... (laughs) That's okay. Close enough. Rapids Camp Crossing reminds me... It's like this little nugget of Dollywood. You've got the banjos. You've got the skillets of food. You've got the trees. Then you have the barn-looking-ass building that has an arcade in it that's just, like, so 90s. Um, But, you know, it's kind of nostalgic. They've got Midway Games. You have Tatsu, the entrance to Tatsu. Um, there's not really much that needs to be done, and there's not really much that could be done with this area, um, aside from just paint. I think the Rapids Rides queue could maybe be get enhanced just a little bit, though it is nice because the trees are so tall that it is in the shade. Yeah. Probably the most tree part of the whole park yeah. is here, because the whole Rapids Ride is in, like, the forest, which is nice. Um, and it's then, crazy. You, got, you really have to climb a mountain to get up to the Rapids Ride, You too. do. The Rapids Ride is highly elevated. But one thing I want to say is in uh, the last, like, two years, Magic Mountain's been adding a bunch of, like, cute theming elements to uh, Rapid Scam Crossing. So there's, like, a lot of really cute theming and landscaping now. And it's, you know, like, old, more rustic, almost, like, I guess, ranchy items all around, which looks nice. And um, Katie's Kettle, the restaurant, they still do actually grill everything outside in a big barbecue. So it always smells good in the area. Um, great t- tree coverage. I like this area actually. Now Katie's I think about Kettle it, Kettle is I such an it. icon. She has seen She's a been lot there. She's been there since like 1980. <laughs> and, and wow, it's a little weird to have Tetsu right next to Soda Springs, like inside that kind of like circular area that is Rapid Scam Crossing. Having the queue there was the only thing that made sense because Tetsu Station really is kind of in Samurai Summit, and you have to climb the hill after the queue to get to the station. I just don't think there was any place to put the queue. That wasn't having the entrance right there. So for all intents and purposes, Tatsu hovers over and is in Samurai Summit. But the entrance to it um, is located down here in a yeah. scam crossing. Yeah. yeah, for traffic reasons that made the most sense. Right. Um, continuing on, we are... We're going now, down the hill again. Now we're going down the hill. We're going underneath the drippy loveliness of Jetstream's uh, <laughs> midway crossing. Wait, they added those... Um, Remember they added those oh, guards yeah. last caught, year? Yeah, they caught all the, the water, water the drips in will yeah. drop off to the side so you no longer get wet. Amazing. I love it. Um, the underground 
Well, not much to talk about as far as fixing the underground, because the underground is fixed. It's it's in great shape. You have a family coaster, a thrill coaster, um, multiple food and retail locations. I would actually say both are thrill coasters, because the intensity of that double helix figure eight situation, that's some positive G's. No, the family coaster is Apocalypse. Oh. <laughs> I think Apocalypse is pretty thrilling. Apocalypse that drop is no joke. has a 48-inch height requirement. Doesn't West matter. Coast it's Racers about the intensity has a 54-inch height I know. Okay, but it, uh, intensity is subjective. Height requirements are concrete. So you have one that is for 48-inch people and one that is for 54-inch people. Okay, so they're off-thrills. Great. Next. Uh, <laughs> 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 There's one that you can safely and legally take your okay, entire family you go to the Magic Mountain Park, I'm pretty sure they're both listed under thrills. I mean, Magic Mountain thinks that everything is a thrill ride. Anyway. It's not a flat ride. Let's focus on the subject. Listen. Um, this is a great area. They have the giant outdoor haunt where Deja Vu used to be. Um, I wish I could get Deja Vu back, but since we can't, we have this haunt. Oh my god, right before the episode, we were chatting about, what if they kept Deja Vu? Like, say Deja Vu had been here the entire time, and they had launched the, the underground. It could have been so cool to make it, like, like an industrial side, kind of like... I know, Port Los Angeles, or kind of over by, like, because it's obviously LA-themed area, or, I don't know, Long Beach Port over there, and make it, like, really industrial, and have those towers be, like, gray, you know, like, almost like an oil refinery place, and have these smokestack-themed towers. I mean, it would have been the best-themed ever idea. Like, it would have been super easy, because it already looks so industrial, with the kind of giant catwalk and staircase situation for the Cobra Roll, and having the Vertical towers being, you know, practically looking like smokestacks already. It's my from cool. armchair engineering to armchair daydreaming. Very We're, we are reverse. <laughs> we are reverse dreaming. Buy me. An, I want them to buy. This is this is this is wild. But I want them to buy a new Jennifer boomerang from Vacoma and put it right there. Where it was <laughs> from Vacoma? Uh, from nobody else. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so they had a slingshot ride um, right at the entrance of the underground what is now the entrance of the underground um and that's gone and i don't know if they're planning on replacing anything but if there was going to be a spot for a new ride i guess that would be it because obviously there's room for it not for something anything crazy but maybe they should a do one ride. they did in st louis a giant what's that thing called oh, a booster the that's giant a booster like yeah a family the booster. Thing. Be yeah, that, that would be really cool that's a great idea head cannon accepted okay um, now we are wrapping around past the decorative gumball machine mural and the recreation of West Coast Customs. We have looped around to Metropolis, which isn't very big, but what's there is really nice. You've all, it, it, there's this huge... Metropolis kind of marks the major intersection between um, the, the primary midway and the Heart Attack Hill walkway up to Samurai Summit. Um, so like right where Jetstream, on the corner of Jetstream and Gold Rusher, you have this big intersection that serves kind of as the entrance to Metropolis. You have the Metro Park Pub, you have the Ace of Clubs barbecue, and of course the two e-ticket rides, the Justice League, Battle for Metropolis. And, and then there's the also Revenge. all the food that is... Oh yeah, and, and like the one giant. What is it like, fat guy pizza? Yeah, something? yeah, fat guy burgers, something like that, like something fat, like that. fat yeah. boy burgers, whatever, something yeah, like that. Something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, but this is all like kind of in one rotunda plaza of sorts, and I kind of think of Metropolis as being like this, this little bud 
off of the main midway because technically Boardwalk goes all the way up to Gold Rusher, and then uh, Jetstream is kind of its own nowhere. Thing. Well, Jetstream is right next to what used to also be the location of Spin Out. So still, like this first of all, cute little plot for Flat Ride. Oh, and true. then they have done a lot of work by painting everything in the area. Like the walls have this really nice gradient color now. They obviously repainted Jetstream. And then um, they have this new popcorn stand that has like a Cheeto popcorn, which is really cool. <laughs> that kind of matches the colors of the wall. So I think that Jetstream is pretty much like, it's kind of in a decent spot. Like, yeah, it's kind of lacking an, an area. But I don't know if lumping it in with Metropolis would do a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so, I mean, the ride itself takes place behind the underground and all the way over at Sunrise Summit. I mean, at that point, you will literally have the Aquaman ride spanning all the way from the exact back corner of the park until the other back corner of the park. I don't know if that's really I good. could live with that. I yeah, feel I like the ride it. deserves to be in an area that exists, like, unless it's well, its I own area. Well, I think it's as part of the underground. But it's not. The I mean, the exit spills out by the underground. The entrance to the underground, both of the entrances of the underground are kind of marked by uh, West Coast racers. Yeah, but you know the that Daredevil Dive and um, the go-karts are 100% themed, re-themed to be part of the underground. So I think that just because the logo hangs there, I guess doesn't that's mean true. that the rides aren't part of it. And the exit for Jetstream is spills out by the go karts. Like there's literally another ride that is more over to Jetstream's entrance that is also part of the underground. True. So I consider everything from the Cheeto stand over underground. Jetstream would be a cute inclusion to the underground if they like made it deliberate. Repaint the thing right, LA River. No, I kidding. just think it. <laughs> I just think it either needs to be deliberately whatever they do it needs to be deliberate I think it would be cute if it was part of Metropolis especially if this is like foreshadowing but we think Six Flags might be trying to go for the world's largest DC Comics themed area um and in that under that assumption it would make sense for them to like just stack the Jetstream chip on top of everything already um especially since Aquaman is such an easy in and if you're thinking that they wouldn't like take an old decrepit arrow hydroflume and just give it a relevant relevant name and change nothing else to it. Look no further America <laughs> did it already. <laughs> so that was my inspiration for even um arriving at Okay, that sounds corrected. I'm open to the idea. So especially since Aquaman is is daddy now. Like the marquee for the Great Adventure or Great America one has like a blonde beard and it, you know, it, it's it's all braided, and so I'm like, you know, I like this. Well, another reason I think that would be down to do it is because, uh, first of all, Discover Kingdom is a great example of them just like completely bombarding it with DC Universe. Yeah. Um, Stickers Great America, another except, you know, example of them doing has it has been surprisingly restrained with their DC character ride attractions compared, compared to, to some of the other parks. We do not have a Joker ride. And we, 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 go to great, we go to Great Adventure a lot now, and and there too, it's like there. Oh, Great Adventure is like soup. It's loop. everywhere. It's like the, the park is just a giant everywhere. DC universe. I mean, to be quite frank with you, if they inco- if they decided to incorporate Jetstream and therefore everything, should, like, um, well, fair, Jetstream is only a yeah. few feet away from Metro Park. Spoiler so alert! I'm pretty, pretty sure easy. everything. In the what is now the boardwalk area, which allegedly includes Gold Rusher, may or may not become DC Comics, so that they can connect all the DC Comics stuff together and make it one super DC Comics land. And then you could even say that it goes all the way up Heart Attack Hill, all the way up to Superman. 
Because so it there's is true. Nothing between because Superman, Superman and this plot. I know. So, like, if you consider this, right, and we'll get to Superman in a little bit, but you have Superman on top of Samurai Summit. You got that big heart attack hill down there. And then the entire stretch all the way over to Streampunk District, so, like, where Lex <laughs> Luthor is. Yeah, you would have by far, because it's like half the blue. You would have a completely unbroken You would have the world's largest. Of DC um, rides. DC Universe by instead far. Of like they little, should do that. Instead of little gaps of the park where there's DC and non-DC, you could literally start in the Fortress of Solitude, which to its credit, that lower it's a lower echelon of, well, maybe not echelon, it's not the right word. It's a lower platform, I guess, a lower mesa in Samurai Summit. That, um, because it's like a whole, like, it's a whole story. Yeah, Samurai Summit split the two. Because, like, there's still a lot of high difference between, like, Ninja and Superman. Like, back in the day, Samurai Summit started at the very bottom of the hill, and that's what the marquee says. Like, the little, the little gong at the entrance says that Samurai Summit starts there. But they can relocate the gong and move it to the, the, to the walkway, like, right underneath Tatsu's egg turn. Yeah, basically. Like, when you hang a right, you go up Heart Attack Hill and you hang a right at the fork at Laughing Dragon, you could say Samurai Summit actually starts there. And Fortress of Solitude and the walkway all the way down Heart Attack Hill would be the start of Metropolis. So, like we just mentioned, like, <laughs> Discovery Kingdom, Circus Great America, they obviously did last year. And then this year we're seeing Circus of Georgia adding more. And especially Circus Fiesta Texas, they're completely revamping the entire kitty area to also be DC. Yeah. They've got a giant DC walkway now. So, like, honestly, I think it's only time before Magic I mean, these it. Six Flags parks are building, like, these giant mutant DC areas. And they're retheming all their rights to be part of DC. So, like, honestly, Gold Rusher needs some love. And I think having Gold Rusher rethemed to something DC, even though it would be kind of sad because it's such an incredible classic. I mean, it's the OG. It's one of the oldest yeah. roller coasters out there. It is the OG roller coaster. Is there in the some? Park. I mean, so it would be. Possible. I could do like what Six Flags Over Georgia did, where they took the Mindbender and renamed it the Riddler Mindbender, and like I think most people were fine with that. If there is some DC, I don't know enough about Teen, DC. So comics. Teen Titans Gold Rusher. Is there a DC <laughs> character that Kids is Flash, like obsessed with money? And you could be like the fucking bank Shazam, robber, Gold Rusher. Gold Rusher. <gasps> I could have sworn. I want that Blue Beetle guy. Blue Beetle Gold Rusher. Yeah, because like I like a little representation. Yeah, Blue Beetle. I would gold like. Rusher. So I, I swear <laughs> to God that there is a there's a DC Comics character. Actually, I guess it's Batman. Batman is the one that has all the fucking money. He's a trust fund baby. Um, but there's isn't there some Batman character that like has a bank or something? Now I don't. Now I'm probably talking on my ass. But I'm, there's got to be some character in DC. Listen, no, <laughs> you guys are still with me, aren't you? There's got to be somebody who knows a lot more than DC Comics than I do. Could tell me what, what yeah messages on social media, and then we can would talk about represent Gold Rusher better. And then you take the Scrambler and the bumper cars. Those are easy everything. Really easy. Harley Quinn, Joker doesn't yeah, matter. Poison Ivy. I would We're love to see all those Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy be the two flat rides together because they're girlfriends. They're they're together forever, just like the bumper cars and the Scrambler. Before I leave Metropolis, I do want to mention real quick that uh, Magimon still has the Riddler Revenge, Riddler's Revenge um, station music, the Ecuador mix, mix of and Ecuador. still does the question mark lights that like flash around yeah. the station, and it's such a vibe. So good. Super shout out to Magic yeah. for having that. I don't know if it's yeah, a licensing thing. Yeah, the fact that the light effects sick. still work is like kind of crazy. It's funny because they brought them back. They weren't working yeah. for years, so we're playing yeah. generic music. And God, I think it was like 
2016 or 17, I think, when they brought him back. Oh, so great. Good time. <laughs> anyway, um, so talk about the boardwalk. The so boardwalk like, yeah, stretches we, we all the way. We kind of gave this away. From, it's, we're already 51 minutes into this podcast, so it's okay that we're, like, careening into um, the rumor slash wish list for... Um, for boardwalk. Also, oh, and you know what else? They've got those bathrooms. Mm-hmm. That that so many many moons ago, the area that is now Metropolis was themed to Monterey, California, because that's the Dolphin Show. For a while there, right before the de- right before the the Time Warner era of the Six Flags Park, Magic Mountain had decided that they were a theme park, um, which was something that I think started in the eighties with the Pirates area. And they kind of, and like Spillican Corners and stuff had a theme too. Like they, they, it all kind of settled into itself and they started to retcon existing areas into themed areas. So they kind of went with like a California theme and they had given Colossus, like the Midway with the the Midway games and stuff that led, ultimately ended at Colossus, became Colossus County Fair. Um, And, but that area with, with, with the water, the, the dolphin show or the high dive show, depending on which years you went and like the Chevron, uh, aero car ride and freefall that became the Monterey Bay area. And they had like a waterfront and they had food and it was, you know, it was cute. In fact, that restaurant, the, the Ace of Clubs, I'm pretty sure that building was built For during this particular era. Um, all that's left, the only like discernible vestige of this era is the bathrooms are still themed to like a sea shanty. Um, I nominate those for demolition. No, 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 no. They took that theme out already. They oh, just, they just already? redid the whole thing. They gutted the whole inside and rebuilt the whole restrooms. It's just, but doesn't it still look like? No, it still look like a little. No, I wouldn't like say a bait so. Shack or no, they like repainted the whole thing. They added only signage. Now the whole thing, I think, okay. looks so they did very in shape of boardwalk. Okay, great. Yeah, I know it looks fun. And my I mean, mind, they just redid the whole thing. In my thing. mind's eye, it's still this. And I remember hearing about that and them saying that they were going to do it. And then I'm like... We literally went there like the other day and we went to the new restaurant. The so other day. Completely, you know. Okay. Well, that's great. I guess I'm having trouble rewriting my memory well, that's of a that. Waste of three minutes. Anyway, shut up. <laughs> You're a waste of three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but it is kind of funny that they ultimately went with this boardwalk theme, and it's like, well, the bathrooms next to the scrambler kind of have a water's edge theme. But now nothing in the area really makes sense as boardwalk, because Tideaway was gone. There is no water ride. There's no water. There's no beach. There's nothing. There's no water here. I will say that the boardwalk was a little temporary, but I like the way yeah. they wrote the whole like Big Series Magic Mountain thing on the wooden wall, and how they redid all the games, having the nice logo that they added on them. You know, the SF logo? Yeah. Um, in 3D. And they added a beer garden. Uh, what is it, like, Brews and Boardwalk or something? That's cute. They redid Johnny Rockets with, like, having a new queue and having a new dining patio. And it's, like, mobile ordering. It's, like, it's all... It, it, it was a nice upgrade, but I just don't think it's very permanent. It doesn't feel like it's going to last. Which further makes me think that that could easily be switched over into a DC Universe area and just like retheme or repaint Crazy which is well, I will say is a great flat ride. The big flat ride idea, I think Mechibon really benefits from having major flat rides. Again, that's something that's missing, and I think Crazy really highlighted like, wow, people are into, dark, are into flat rides, especially if you make them big, because there's always a line for Crazy Amazing life package at night, which is really appreciated, Magic. Um, so that's definitely 
Also, like the Six Flags fascination with dark ride packages is, you mean flat ride is packages? or sorry, flat ride packages is going is goes hand in hand with DC Comics themes. Like the flat ride packages that they're adding are DC Comics themed. There's not one without the other. So with Magic Mountain and getting a flat ride package, it's kind of inevitable that a majority of those flat rides are going to be DC Comics character themed, especially since there's so many characters that Magic Mountain doesn't have represented in as, in as much as the uh, the ride titles. Right. Um, obviously, there's a lot of representation in the universe with like um, Battle for Metropolis, but yeah. there's lots of characters, lots of naming potential um, for the characters. And I mean, the Six Flags has their moments. Like, not every not every flat ride is themed to the DC comic stuff, but a lot of them are. And especially when the parks are building like multiple flat rides at a time. They're usually getting multiple DC Comics character tie-ins. And we just recently went to uh, Parker Warner Madrid, which, for the Halloween event, we already did a couple episodes on Parker Warner this season, but we just went, like, last week? Yeah. Yeah, to do the Halloween event, and um, they have probably the last remaining giant Gotham City that's left in, in the world. Yeah. And um, that highlighted how nicely integrated the game area can be in a DC Universe thing. Now, of course, having a Gotham City... I think that's never going to happen in Magic again because, of course, Batman is nowhere near the games. But just in general, I think it's easy to tie in the games with DC Universe, especially considering Joker and its whole, like, fairground kind of thing. So it's easy to make it all themed to these, like, tents and have it kind of be more, like, funhouse Jokery themed, which they've done in all the other Six Flags Parks already. It's kind of a miracle that there is no actual Joker specific ride at Magic Mountain. Yeah. And, and make, an incredible amount of restraint. So has what been they could used. really do is they could just turn that boardwalk area where all the games are, turn it all into something related to the Joker Funhouse or Joker, and then make Crazanity, which shares the same roof structure as or the the same coloring as most of the game area, make it a giant Joker ride. And you've got yourself a really consistent little area with a major ride that yeah. goes along with it. Isn't like Fiesta Texas it. do? Isn't the, like their there's a giant Joker. is Joker theme and it has the Joker Funhouse queue. It does, um, and I think that's precisely what Magic Mountain needs. And then like there you go, you have a cohesive, tied in. And you can keep the you can keep obviously the beer garden. You can give it a slightly theme. And Johnny Rockets can stay as is. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you, you can have a bit of yeah, overlap there. It can, yeah. It doesn't have, you know, this is not... It doesn't have to be. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't, doesn't have, it to, doesn't have, have to be, like, seamless, but... But I think that would be... Uh, and then, honestly, if you do that, you've already got yourself the world's largest DC universe. Yeah. And like, then you have Harley Quinn's bumper cars and Poison Ivy's Scrambler and... I do want to say, Gold though, Rusher theme on thing. the Gold Rusher uh, subject, say, say that it's not becoming part of DC Universe. I do think that it, the station needs a little bit of help. And um, a lo- over the years, the landscaping has really taken a beating because back when it was still um, intertwined with Logjammer, it was obviously in the forest the entire time. It was so time. beautiful. Then um, <gasps> Fulsado came and they used to call the trees out and now it's just kind of over this bare little piece of ground. And yeah. there was even a tree left that they cut after Fulsado already opened. 
And then you have the final helix, which again, for like, I think because of tree branches, they've had this big incident with ninja. And <laughs> yeah, after the, after the ninja incident. Because the trees are just dry. Changed. Like, the, yeah. the, the soil is dry. It's, and we have it's our earthquakes and the trees slump. So they took out the final big tree that the ride had that was in the final helix. And that, honestly, now the ride feels very bare. And I think it needs some more. It needs a little yeah. bit of landscaping. It needs a little bit of something. They need to do some bit of something. Maybe deliberate landscaping. Or like a thematic element in, in the final helix. Places. You know, I don't know, like a crash mine train. I don't really care. <laughs> Do something. something with it. Just do something. Do some. Um, okay. On to DC Universe itself. On to the, um, the official DC Universe, Universe proper, um, which is very nice. What they've done is, like, they've demolished, like, a lot of it. <laughs> but what they left looks great and is painted and polished. It's just a lot of concrete right now. And there's some planters, and the planters that they have look really good. But I think they were, they're just a little too fixated on not blocking Wonder Woman from view in any way, shape, or form. But they've done this at the expense of, like, an area that feels complete and fleshed out. It's not as bad of an offender as Discovery Kingdom's DC Comics area, which is just, like, an enormous concrete pad. Both areas have, like, the very portable-looking picnic tables that are unfortunate. Yeah. I don't don't exactly know, like... I do not love the chain's need to make... Every DC universe, universe has the exact same aesthetic because, you know, the new logo for DC Universe at Great, Circus Great America is the same thing. The same thing for the one over at Great Adventure. The problem is that it's so uniform now, despite having different rides in the area, that it just, it's just, uh, it just doesn't also, feel like it's sterilized. The time, the, the original one, like, like you said, the Time Warner era, um, Gotham City, that was then turned into DC Universe. Having the flash ride in the middle, having Wonder Woman's, you know, um, golden lasso, whatever it was called, lasso truth, and then having um, the restrooms, Teen Titan Pizza, the lemonade stand, and the popcorn stand, and then the gift store, and then having the special entrance to Green Lantern, and having Batman, that whole area, it felt like a little mini city. You had to go around everything, like nothing was right in front of you, like it was like a little place. It was cool. The way that you could completely encircle the Himalaya ride, like walk oh all the God, way around that was it. So cool. Um, now they just kind of blew it wide open to to maximize access it's to giant Woman. But there's not even any landscape. It's there's just, such yeah. a tiny, there's one little tree. Yeah, and that's it. Like it's so and like sad. it says like the Time Warner era stuff. Like got the Gotham City areas that Magic Mountain and more importantly Six Flags Over Georgia got were unbelievable, and Georgia's. I mean, Magic Mountains actually had a lot of leftover infrastructure from when it was, like, the the Night District or whatever they call it, that area. Like, some of that was kind of retconned, but, like, with Six Flags Over Georgia, they really went for it. Um, because 1997, that was, like, a big year. That was the year, that was the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze, Batman movie that they were really riding on. It sucked, but, it, you know, forever exists in the cultural lexicon for various reasons, not the least of which being... Batman and Robin having super suits with nipples on the outside. Um, but Six Flags Over Georgia's Gotham City was so incredible. And now, and it's like incredibly sterilized. Like all of everything, so much of it is gone. And it's so much character. And then they added some new facades and they, they redid the, the queue and the building for the Teen Titans Roundup. Is that what it's called now? Yeah. And they added the whole new, the new store and they re, they built a new queue for Batman 
which honestly is also kind of awkward, awkward the way that they had to yeah. use the exit to make the entrance. <laughs> um, and then Wonder Woman, honestly, is really nice. I like the way they did the story inside, you know, you're in the temple of Bermithria, whatever it's called. Um, that all works, but then the land itself, I mean, you can't even really call it land. It's effectively just yeah. like a concrete slab. It's just, I don't know. And I don't, it's all so new. But the nice thing is you, we could easily arm like, I just want to know whose uh, who's bright idea it was to pour so much concrete with well, nothing in between. Like, I think Magic Mountain so has been struggling much. with landscaping because it's always so dry. There's all the water shortages in California. It's just like dry landscaping is almost like the future of the area where like you do a lot of landscaping and like with like gravel and trying to minimize greenery for cost saving measures. But I don't think that was the answer to the land. I think yeah. it looks pretty rough. But the nice thing is, is that there is a rumor for them to eventually build a restaurant in there or to build a flat ride in the middle. And maybe the concrete is just like it's temporary. I mean, if it's possible to just plunk a flat ride on the existing concrete, then great. Or they can just take it out. I mean, Disney builds concrete temporarily for a month all the time. I mean, Epcot is like, and there's a new concrete slab at Epcot that's temporary yeah. like every week. Yeah. So like, I'm sure that is not, not the end of the world. But the thing, the biggest thing we need to discuss here when it comes to DC Universe is that there is this midway that kind of goes behind the warehouse um, that they can easily connect to Riddler's Midway, which kind of has a dead end too, where Tidal Wave used to be. I think the real future of this area is not just connecting the boardwalk with DC Universe and Metropolis to make it one big area, but also making it almost like a loop and connecting that Midway between DC Universe and Metropolis and making it one giant area. And then you have that plot where Tidal Wave used to be where you can easily fit two or three major flat rides. And that has kind of been the rumor and I still think that would be the best plot, the best spot to put the flat ride expansion. I agree. I think that would There's make so, much, so much sense. And you could still, and then, then the restaurant omission wouldn't be as glaring because then you just walk over and you've got yourself, you know, all the restaurants in Metropolis, which is like a good amount. They've got like yeah. three or four different restaurants there, and the pub, and you've got your connection with the boardwalk where you've got Johnny Rockets and you've got your beer garden. Then I think. The omission of having any sort of restaurant or restroom in the land would be less glaring, if that makes sense. I love this picture of Google Earth, the Magic Mountain, where they're like ass deep in construction. Yeah, see how for, obvious um, that would be. It's so it's so obvious how they just like took they just completely demolished the whole land, old Gotham City, except for just the very far edge with like the roundup and stuff, and started over. And that's why they were like concrete. But the nice thing is that there is that super obvious midway that would disconnect. Yeah. Like, they literally kept it like this over here. I mean, all they have to do is like, just pull it straight. And you've got your restaurant right here. You've got a flat rock plot here. You've gotten plenty of space. You can even put a roller coaster in here. There's so much space they go work with here. And I think, given Six Flags' insane eagerness to explore DC characters as their big IP that they use, because everything in the theme park world is starting to get IP-based, this is their entrant, uh, their answer, I think. And I really think it would So you be, think it would connect in front of Wonder Woman? Well, they have two options because there is a really big Cause the exit, gap here where they could build the, the midway underneath. Because already, they already built a dip that you can see. Yeah. They can drive vehicles drive under. They can literally just make it almost like an S as you walk underneath Wonder Woman. Because it should Woman. definitely connect where the old Tidal Wave Freefall entrance corner was. So you say connect it over to where uh, where the Riddler exit is? Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to do because you could, you could, like I said, there is already a, there already, there's already like almost like a little dip that they built with um, 
with the supporting sidewalls where the, the cars go underneath that, the maintenance cars, that you can easily make the midway connect like in an S shape. But either way, I think it's inevitable that there's going to be flat rides in those three spots. Last thing I heard is that there's a possibility of having three flat rides in that area, which would fit two, two on top and two and one down. One of those like giant flying. Uh, I want one of those endeavors. Oh yeah, know, like, definitely. I want an endeavor. I want a Nebula Z, and um, I want the giant flying air race, like the one at Fiesta Texas. Oh my god, and a big air race on a stick. But, like, the tallest one ever. Oh, yeah, that one would be really nice. Oh, my God, could you imagine? They could also put that where Pistachio Park is. I'm not Ooh, picky. we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, and another shout-out for Magic Bound, though, for um, updating the station effects on Batman, all the lighting and his videos and whatever. Oh, yeah, Batman the looks really good. original year stuff. So it looks really good in there. Like, the back cave I will say, awesome. even though we lost our old Gotham City, the queue, the area directly around Batman is still Time Warner loveliness. Unlike Six Flags Over Georgia, which, like, their whole little Gotham City Park and stuff got completely decimated for a good cause, because they put a Zamperla Endeavor in what used to be the decorative overflow, which they need, because that Batman had all the switchbacks underneath the maintenance barn. So, Six Flags Over Georgia, even though they lost the Gotham City Park preamble queue, at least Magic Mountain still has theirs. So, I don't necessarily want this, but you know it would really fit there, and the little corner that we just talked about where the flat rides could go an extra riddler yeah they could put one of those skyline kid flash coasters there and then they would continue building on the record and they would actually have another dc themed ride it would I be nice really for them to have kitty rides around the outside park. of bugs bunny land i know so like yeah i'm i'm into it anyway whatever it takes Next is uh, Screampunk District. Give them 22 coasters. That that helps kick the can down the road with Energylandia. Right, another uh, racing ride, the third yeah. one. <laughs> I'm here. Most number of racing roller coasters. Um, okay, so now we're in Goliath. Area. No, we're at Screampunk District. Oh, we're Screen Punk. oh, sorry. I didn't see that you already scrolled past. Okay. Screampunk. Um, oh, you can talk about Screampunk. You're more <laughs> passionate about this area. So, Screampunk District obviously <laughs> came with Twisted Colossus back in 2015. Um, the biggest thing I would improve here is that, first of all, the park, that, that park area of the park was really nice. They had that steampunk tractor thingy, all the buildings are repainted, the landscaping is honestly really cool because all, all of it's kind of like twisted, so they have like these weird twisted bushes that look like little spirals and stuff, like, all things considered, the steampunkiness and the landscaping work really well. I just think that the area is really large for only having two rides, and then like, and a theater doesn't get used a whole lot. I think Gearworks Theater needs a new show. They've been good about it consistently over the years, up until about the pandemic, for having stage shows in there, whether it's you know, a summer one and, or a Halloween-themed acrobatic show or Christmas-themed acrobatic show. I think they should bring that back. And then um, I think the biggest thing that we always talk about is that the Scream Plaza, one of the things they did is when original Colossus was around, one side of Colossus would actually exit um, right where Scream exits. So you had kind of a more of a purpose to the plaza. You would exit Scream. Twist, sorry, with Exit Colossus and then walk straight into Scream's Cube. That worked pretty well, but when it opened Twisted Colossus, that side of the station was not used. It was just a queue now. So you have the exit for Twisted Colossus over where the sandwich shop is and on the Goliath side. And now if you go down to Scream, there's really not much except for a giant round plaza with the Scream logo. And while Scream is a, a, a very good ride, and we always say Scream would probably be much more appreciated if it were in any other park in the world, but the location of it in Magic Mountain is like probably the hardest ride to get to. It isn't X2. And um, 
the park already has 19 other roller coasters, so there's, you know, a massive Florida coaster doesn't stand out quite as much as it would in another park's lineup. But I digress. Um, the thing is that that plaza could use another ride, and there's this giant infield within Twisted Colossus where there is no more track because the original Colossus layout there had just been cut altogether. And so I think they should build a major flat ride inside that plot, inside the turnaround of Twisted Colossus, and make the queue, entrance and exit, plug in right where the plaza is for Scream. So you have in that area three rides, and you have a nice balance of where those entrances to the rides are. Yes. And this is another one of those areas that's kind of like down the hill, because Magic Mountain is such a terrain-different park that this is really like the lowest part of the park. So you really kind of have to walk your way down into there as well. And um, I think it'd be nice to have something else down there. It will make... I've even said in the past, what if you make another park entrance, do the dual park entrance thing, like Knott's Berry Farm does, because people park all the way back there. Maybe that's really not... I would be into it, personally. I'd be kind of into it, especially <laughs> because an actual existing entrance to the park doesn't do a whole lot for me. Um, I still think that Magic Mind wouldn't really want to concern itself with several entrances, necessarily. Um, but having said that, I think a major ride there would be a good fit. Historically, I thought maybe we should put a big giant star flyer there, but I don't know if that's the best spot for it. What would you put there? What kind of flight ride can you think of that you have put there? Well, I had originally thought that a turbulon would be cool there, but What's a turbulon, uh, cyborg, cyberspin, and oh, one of those giant. Yeah, that's oh, a turbulon, no. and like those are cool. I enjoy the ride, but it's not as cool as it looks like it's going to be. And obviously, there's been like mechanical issues. The one in Texas is already gone. Um. But at the time, those rides looked cool, and there was a concept for a double one, where like one it would it was like a seesaw shape that had a turbulent on each side, God, and one God, would dude. be on the ground loading while the other was doing the ride program, and then they would swap. Kind of like the old Intamin double wheels. I mean, Magic Mountain even had one of those, the Galaxy, which is where the pirate ship and the swashbuckler are now. But um, I think like oh, Magic Mountain. At the time, we had been told by Magic Mountain's management, you know, they would never build anything that wasn't a record breaker. And I'm like, well, you could build this double turby one. It would be the world's largest. Um, and you put it in Scream Punk District, and it would be, you know, visible. But that's, you know, that's not happening. Um, this would be another good spot for if they did the, the Catwoman Whip Booster type ride. Yeah, as long as it's big enough to be visible. Yeah, any, anything that... Any of these Zamperla flat rides or just any, any of these flat rides that Six Flags has been building, like, like I'm, the not, massive I'm not picky. Rides. Like, anything that's, yeah, any of this, like, giant stuff that they're doing, or if they wanted to do something totally different and new from somebody, I don't care if it's Zamperla or whatever, but, like, they need, to, they need to do something. I think that corner of the Scream Punk district needs something big and flashy and to thread people down there. And also, you know, something that looks good from the five. And Scream deserves the love. Yeah. So that's something right next to it. Yeah, it wouldn't even need to be, like, the best capacity thing in the world, because if that thing got, like, unreasonable lines, you would have Scream to accommodate the overflow. Yeah, and we've got Twisted Classes right there, too. And Twisted Classes. Next area we're going to talk about is is Goliath. Which doesn't really have its own themed area. It's just kind of Goliath and Fort LeJohn. I think sure. like Goliath. Kind of like pirate theme, it was, I guess. It was the pirates Ruins. area starting in 1980. And then when Goliath opened, I like to think the area kind of turned into their version of Adventureland. Because yeah. Goliath was like... Because Goliath is ruined. Yeah. Like, Goliath is temple. like you're in the jungle. 
Um, but it's like, you can have pirates and like adventure. And, and I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. There's a park. In but the I think the areas are pretty good shape. They read it, the food, etc. The food They've got the new fry shop that is like, um, you know, that outside food place. Um, we've got two flat rides that are in, in decent shape. Nice landscaping. Um, Goliath itself lost most of its, um, landscaping in the queue, which is kind of sad. So it took all, because usually bamboo forest, like yeah. Yeah, you go through this bamboo forest, it'd almost be hard to see where the queue was because it was pretty dense. Unfortunately, they cut that. Um, I wouldn't mind the queue getting a nice upgrade. And the biggest thing for me is that Goliath needs a repaint. It's by far the worst looking ride right now when it comes to paint quality. It's really getting faded. Um, I think we're ready to see Goliath get a new paint scheme. They were testing some paints on it earlier this year, I think it was. Yeah. They were testing um, like, a, like a beige and a dark red. And honestly, I would love a completely new look for it. I think it would be really cool, actually. Just a new look, you know, refreshing. Um, go with the jungle um, ruin theme. That would be nice. Brides don't appreciate it. Um, love the ride. But I think that would be the biggest note, I think, for me for that area. Which is just to give Goliath some, yeah. some love. Especially given the grandness of the ride, it can use yeah. use that. Agreed. Um, moving on to Whistlestop Park, which is right next to it. And, um, shout out to Magic Mountain having reopened the train and the coasters running. So yeah. that's actually in the little splash pad. Like it's yeah. all like in decent shape. Yeah. It's cute. Um, but right across from it is the Pistachio Park area that used to be home to the Swiss Twist. Yeah. And then that during the Time up. Warner era, this was the High Sierra area in nineteen ninety three. Um, they turned part of Bugs Bunny Land and this area around, there's just like this little plaza here. Like basically they carved out a little miniature area between Bugs Bunny Land and the pirate area and it became the High Sierra Territory. And they still have like the wooden bear statue thing out front, I think, that signifies the area. They have the two wolves. Oh, the are wolves. wolves. That's what they are. Um, and this area was, was anchored by, um... <laughs> The Yosemite Sam's High Sierra Falls, the wet dry slide that is now uh, long since been replaced by Roadrunner Express, and then um, the Aero Car Ride and the Petting Zoo were in this general area too. And now that's where Whistle Stop Park is. And a Bugs Bunny themed flat ride where in the location that was once occupied by the Swiss Twist, which was then renamed Sierra Twist for the High Sierra Falls area. That's like been such an obvious and necessary thing to do honestly i hate to say this i don't know if it needs to be bucks bunny theme because i feel like bucks bunny land clearly starts back into the land you know as where that's still kind of the high sierra territory golden bear theater area i guess you could at that point just make i think it would bucks kind of bunny need to be bucks bunny related because there's it's not obvious what else it would be because it could to. just be anything i guess it could be pirates opinion. I really want everything in this park to belong somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't right. want just, like, a bunch of random rides and shit, like, floating around in purgatory. Well, didn't you want to say one is a Perla... Samba Sky Tower. Samba Tower, which is, like, yeah. a family-friendly kind of, like, like elevated six, six ride. Six Flags Over Texas has one. They're cute. It's like a little balloon, balloon race thing, but on a tower. It would be like, yeah, uh, easy to think of Looney Tunes. And that. it would be, yeah, just, I don't know, like, there's so much Looney Tunes... The Looney Tunes area has just gotten bigger and bigger because it really did move in and absorb what was, what had been High Sierra Falls. High Sierra Territory. Or High Sierra Territory. Um, so I just, there seems to be something. I don't know why that, that plot has just been allowed to sit empty for so long. Like, 
I feel like there's a reasonable amount of time to be complacent about a ride vacancy before it becomes completely inappropriate, and it's, like, long overdue for something in there. Yeah, or, you know, and since the Potasha Park, it's not even a really good place to chill anymore. Like, it's almost a pretty sure it's not even open anymore. Yeah. So it is, it, something needs to be done there. You know what I also thought would be kind of cute is a, a Mac Twist and Splash, whatever you call those Perfect. things. Because that park, Magic Mountain is kind of like a water ride right now, ever since they can't tidal wave. I mean, you can even make it still be part on. of Adventureland. It's right next to the pirate ship yeah. ride. Make it like a pirate theme twist and splash thing. Here's Whistle Stop Park. It's definitely I'm making, I'm making a little train themed, yeah. you know, like one of those, what do they call those things that rotate the to the, in the train barn? Well, they actually have one of those already. That's part of the train ride. Right, but I'm saying is it'd be kind of cute to do like yeah. a, a flat ride theme to it. I, yeah, I'm There's many up. options. There's definitely some things that I feel strongly or particularly about in this podcast, but what kind of ride and what it's themed to in Pistachio Park, I don't care. It just needs to be something. I, just please, just fill the vacancy. Alrighty, next up is um, Bugs Bunny World. No real changes needed because in 2014 they re- relaunched the whole thing. It's got four roller coasters. I guess three roller coasters. The other one is supposed to stop park. But um, the one weird thing, even though they've already repainted Roadrunner Express at some point, the Roadrunner Express station, they kind of started building air gates and they never finished building <laughs> them. And they just kind of left the four or five air gates that are there. It's kind of like... They're just kind of there, but you don't yeah. use them. Like, the other rows don't have air gates. You just kind of walk onto this platform. It'd be nice for you to take that out or do something with it. Uh, but that's my only real criticism of um, of Bucks Bunny World. I think it's awesome. They have that giant indoor play area still. So it's still uh, one of the nicest awesome. treed areas of the park. Like, the trees in Bugs Bunny World are so nice. Yeah. And next up, we have... Um, Full Throttle Plaza. And now we have Plaza. come full circle to Full Throttle Plaza. So is- for Full Throttle Plaza, um, they do a good job that, with like continuously repainting the giant center of the plaza with like that blue-black logo thing they've got yeah. going on. Um, there's two cool food vending places. They have um, the giant Full Throttle Sports Bar that used to be the, um, um, the Moose... Moose Burger Lodge. Moose Burger Lodge. Um, that's honestly pretty awesome. I really appreciate how much there is to do in the area along around amount bleh, around the ride, despite the ride are being already being more than ten years old at this point, which is crazy. Um, it is kind of. But I do think that Full Throttle has really gotten a short end of the stick when it comes to landscaping. They planted some grass underneath it right after the ride opened, and even that I feel like it's not even that noticeable. Was there really any grass left underneath there, or is it just kind of it's just dirt? Dirt now. Even on satellite imagery, you can still see the footers for Logjammer. Yeah. And like old waterfalls. So they so definitely need to landscape the hell out of Full Throttle's area. Maybe plant some new trees. Maybe just do some of that um, dry landscaping that is really big in the um, in the southwest of the U.S. where it's just, you know, rock work. Like something that's really sustainable, does require new watering and easy with land shifting. Um, I just, right now, it just feels like Full Throttle... A cool ride, but the concepts, it's just uh, its just not working. You have that it's weird... Dated. You have that queue with the weird canvas over it, and then you have to kind of walk a little bit straight forward and go underneath like a support to then go up to the ramp to the station. It's all kind of clunky, and it'd be nice if that was a little more consistent, a little more than just, I don't know, fairground at best. Yeah. I think it's awkward. So the rest of the area is honestly probably nice, but then when you get to the actual ride, 
it just doesn't feel like it's that is that well it just feels cheap created it feels There's a little a cheap it for sure feels cheap and flimsy yeah absolutely um next up well I did want to mention real quick before we go to our final big area is that the the loop that goes from the park entrance around to Full Throttle Plaza kind of where the Full Throttle Sports Bar is um is also the loop that uses a flashback on it um, but that is where they have three big mazes, and that's, like, used during Halloween. They have a special restroom there. That's an awesome area. Like, it's so nice to see that kind of extra corner of the park come to life during Halloween, during uh, Fright Fest. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, let's move up to the last area. Of the park. Finally. The one and only. The area that needs the most help and the most love, and is honestly the most deserving of help and love, is Samurai Summit. So long story short, Samurai Summit needs a complete overhaul. Like it needs to, I don't want to say be leveled because that makes no sense. But um, there's very, very, very few things in Samurai Summit that work. There's a bit of cute landscaping. You've got a nicer repainted tattoo and you've got good bones. But that's about it. Um, Ninja Station and Q will need a refresh. They used to have these cool banners hanging from the ceiling. You know, with those uh, Japanese paintings on them. Yeah. That's all just kind of like so torn off. So much of this area just needs to be put um, out of its misery. I think they need to just need to completely take all the switchbacks out. Because they have a million little switchbacks there. Like really old school little switchbacks. Take that out and make new queue in that building. And then just like redo the whole pagoda that the station's in. And um, in my opinion, if you're going to relaunch all Sunrise Summit, I think Ninja get, should either get either Florida's trains, like they did the Vampire at Chessington. Or they need to run the trains half backwards like they did on Accelerate at Astroworld. Yes. Which um, Ninja does have the old Accelerator trains, um, or Accelerate trains. Yeah, Accelerate. They, they own them. They own them now. So um, that would be a nice way to remarket the Refresh Ninja alongside the rest of the area. I don't care if you give it a bit of a repaint, maybe even like a different color. Even though the red's kind of iconic, though. Yeah. It's iconic. Um and then, obviously, the Sky Tower has been closed for years. There's been rumors about them getting finally updated permits to install a new type of elevator that would allow them to operate it um, inside the theme park. I would love nothing more than the Sky Tower, which has a really cute little botanical, a really cute little garden around it, like a little Japanese rock garden around it, to reopen. Maybe even bring it back in a museum up there, but at the very, very least, like a lounge. Put chairs up there, make it a place to hang out. Um, knowing how much Six Flags loves doing pass holder things now, maybe even like a corner of that Sky Tower that is a pass holder lounge. I don't know, get creative. But I think the Sky Tower is sorely missed. It's the icon of Magic Mountain, but it's been closed for years now. I mean, I think we're getting at nine years now that it's been closed. Yeah, I've never even been up there, not once. I went up there when it was a museum, went up there when it was a lounge um, during the full throttle years, and that was about it. So um, that definitely needs to come back. And then on the back side of the old Skyride station, there is these old toilets that are kind of over by <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Um, awful. Like, absolutely decrepit. They, they, need to to just, they need to put these buildings. The Four Winds Just completely just take the buildings down. The Skyride station, so they just need to demolish these So the big thing is that uh, the old Skyride station obviously gets used for mazes every year. So I think uh, it would be fine keeping that, just make it look cute. Um, but the restrooms just completely gut them and rebuild them. And then the Laughing Dragon Pizza Company building... I think needs to be completely taken out because that would open up a big plot. 
And um, the plot will be alongside the old log jammer spaces, which log jammer took up a lot of space on that side of the mountain. Yeah. And the nice thing is they could really work with a spectacular new ride. Either they can use. The I mean, there's so much space up there. Either that they was can vacated use the space by log flume. Laughing Dragon Pizza Company to build, but I would think it'd be really cool is to build a third tower at Magic Mountain and make it like the world's taller star flyer. Give it some sort of cool. Um, you know, Japanese theme, make it some pagoda theme. It can creative. be done. There's, yeah, there's options. There are so many options. Um, or just build a station there for a, what I would think would be cool, either a tilt coaster or oh a Max Extreme Spinner <laughs> and yeah. make them Japanese themed. And there's so much space alongside the mountain behind Golden Bear Theater where, um, alongside the tracks of Superman, where logjammer used to run yeah that you can easily build a good sized major roller coaster one of the last plots i mean of the there's park, so much room to work with if you look at a satellite image of there's like so much gold rusher with. and uh full throttle and you can see where the logjammer used to be you can build um, a major there major is so much that could be done there. with this land and if you look at betty mountain's very nicely very 20 coastal lineup there's only a few rides that are really missing and again, I think a Mac Extreme Spinner is the next evolution of having an X2 kind of ride where it's really something different for the senses. And a tilt coaster is another one of those things that is super marketable, um, very unique. Nothing like it has been done at Magic Mountain. One of those two rides could really breathe life back into the top of the mountain. I mean, could you just imagine I, like, how yeah. crazy? And they rethemed the, the Helpful Honda Express to be the Magic Mover. Yeah, it's the Magic Mover. It's kind of themed to, like, kind of pagoda-ish. Yeah. Um, they need to repaint this upper station back to again. being red, because yeah. it's blue for reasons. Actually kind of the lower station being blue thing. is okay. The upper station being blue is definitely not okay. There's a lot of stuff at this park that could benefit from just being painted a different color. Not just repainted, but, like, a, different a color. new color scheme entirely. But yeah, they I need think to go back is, to their roots a little bit with some of this stuff. Don't you think that's the biggest thing that Magic Mind really needs is to just completely redo Samurai Summit? That should yeah. be the focus. There's and so much potential. An e ride there. There is it, Samurai Summit is destined for greatness. They just have to figure it out. And keeping Superman Superman only well, makes sense because it does go over to like Luthor and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And it has the Forges of Solitude, which is cool. And you have to kind of cross like a bridge over Gold Rusher to get the Superman. Yeah. So very worst case scenario is Superman stays Superman and that's I mean look at how really long the over. midway is between like the old Skyride stations past the four wind steakhouse to get to Superman. Like it does yeah, feel very realistically if you take the Laughing Dragon Pizza Company building, which is really large and has a big plot next to the backstage, if you take that and uh, you can easily build an entire queue you can build transfer tracks and a whole station for a major roller coaster. And then between Tatsu and Full Throttle, there's a lot of land that used to be where all the drops for um, Logjammer were. Yeah. And then you have all that land around Gold Rusher and behind the Golden Bear Theater, which is a shocking amount. So I know it's a shocking this amount of land. They could build a major, major, amazing roller coaster it's there. It's not something that's talked about much now, but 10 years ago when Full Throttle was announced, people were mad because. It took up no space. It didn't take up very much of the space that was left behind by Logjammer, which I get that, like, Logjammer closed for its own reasons. They didn't close Logjammer for Full Throttle. They built Full Throttle because Logjammer closed. There is a difference. And so it 
Full Throttle wasn't necessarily about taking advantage of all of the infrastructure left by the It was really more about taking advantage of the tunnel from the metro and using what was once the Four Winds metro station, which was underneath that midway, right? and taking advantage of that and, and threading a coaster around that and, you know, giving putting the attraction more or less where Logjammer had been. But there's so much of Logjammer that is still the land is still waiting to be redeveloped. And it's like, it's not too late. It can be done. There's rumors that there's going to be a giga there, but I find that kind of hard to believe. I think having a creator fried, and again, this is my arm, our arm, arm engineering, engineering. I really think that a mega stream spinner terrain coaster or a um, dive coaster, not dive coaster, a, a tilt coaster um, would be an incredible fit. And we need some of those big new Vacomas in the U.S. Remember when the Martian Manhunter roller coaster was rumored to be happening at Magic Mountain? I know, but that was just some that crazy guy like, <laughs> coming up with the idea it of a golden a, horse it was a coaster. golden horse broken rail coaster it was almost crazy enough to be true exactly. almost crazy enough to believe almost and with that we have armchair imagineered in. Six Flags Magic Bound one Thank of our favorite parks out there we look forward to um, seeing you on our next episode make sure to follow us on Instagram Facebook or like us on Facebook I suppose yeah. um, we are on threads we're on X formerly Twitter all of the above, and we would very much appreciate you leaving a five-star review, maybe even a comment uh, on any platform that you're currently listening on to help us grow. We'd appreciate it. Any comments um, or reviews, do get a shout-out here on the podcast in our next episode. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.